Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Eir Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing, Jonathan? Praise the Lord, doing well. How about yourself? Very good. I'm doing very good. I would like to ask all of you uh, back at your homes to join me in prayer that God will really bless us and lead this program. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are good and thank you that you are loyal. We pray that you will bless this program, uh, bless this ministry, uh, bless uh, Jonathan, myself, and the rest of everybody that uh, you don't see behind the scenes who really help us to uh, bring this uh, content to all of your houses. We pray for provision. We pray for uh, support in prayer, in finances. We pray that, uh, God, you will touch the hearts of the people that uh, will watch this program and all of our productions. We pray for wisdom for, for us, for us to share your heart. And we pray that you will be with us. And we dedicate our work to you, as always. B'Shem Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Hey, Jonathan, I think it's a good time before we start to dive into all of the topics to uh, share and tell our viewers that here at TV7 Israel News and uh, Truth for the Nations, we are a donation-based ministry. So all the work that uh, we do, all the productions that uh, we produce here in Jerusalem are based and are facilitated by the donations that you give uh, our work. So if you like what you see and God is sharing and putting on your heart to support our work, please go to a website at www.tv7israelnews.com and make a financial contribution. That's just how it works. You know, the more finance we have, the more programs we can create, and we want to do more. Our vision is big. Our vision is to become a 24-7 news channel from Israel, from Jerusalem, to produce daily content about the Bible, about God, about the current events, so that you can pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, so that was like our vision in, in a nutshell. But uh, we have a long program, and I wanted to, to sh- ask Jonathan, what should we start with regarding all the topics that were discussed uh, next last week? I think one of the key topics, obviously there were various topics, but mm-hmm. the Gazeta Institute Forum. Mm-hmm. And the annual winter forum, uh, which is held usually during this time, uh, and uh, usually we see there also the uh, head of uh, research and assessment of the IDF intelligence director coming forth and delivering his assessment for the next year. That's always interesting to hear that. It is always interesting. It provides a lot of insight. Uh, of course, Brigadier General Saar was uh, there and, and provided uh, um, an overview, uh, and, and really in general terms. Uh, you know, uh, everything he says we're already familiar with, we're already aware of, but uh, he sharpens it also to kind of grant us the, the um, scope of the intelligence community here in Israel uh, on general terms, and whoever is familiar with uh, deeper assessments uh, that are 
conducted behind the scenes knows then that uh, in what direction uh, to look from an Israeli perspective. Mm -hmm. That is, of course, we're very blessed to have a former uh, research and assessment uh, commander of the IDF intelligence uh, directorate uh, coming on TV7 Israel uh, very often, uh, General Kupilvasil, of mm -hmm. course, Yossi Kupilvasil, who is a dear friend, a mentor, and, and really has uh, a lot of insight uh, to share with us uh, over the years also, but uh, generally speaking, a very capable uh, individual. And uh, it is a long list of generals, of course, that um, provide much insight uh, based on, on uh, a lot of information behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that, uh, you know, differentiates us between other channels, that we have, you know, people in the know inside these uh, government facilities, intelligence that give us the information in order to share accurate news and not just, you know, re-share re news that we read the newspapers or on other uh, media outlets. Indeed. Uh, you know, in the past, um, I think, well, also during my time in the military, um, intelligence was a lot harder to come by. There was a lot of human, yeah. uh, a lot of human intelligence. Um, and uh, this human intelligence uh, was, of course, combined with uh, various uh, uh, systems and methodologies and so on and so forth. It was also SIGINT and so on. But we didn't have, um, you know, we didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have all those different things. Um, and if they were, they were only at the beginning of, you know, yeah. Uh, humanity trying to comprehend, okay, what's going on here? Uh, and my latter years, of course. It's hard to, to you know, to grasp, the, to live without WhatsApp, Instagram, messaging, and all these things and that the, we're used to today. So, you know, back then intelligence was a active engagement mm -hmm. in the fields. Um, many of the movies are based basically on those days. Like spies, um, and you have to meet with your... You right, know, operative, and then right. get the intelligence. I, I tell you one thing: uh, movies don't even come remote to reality on the ground. Um, that is something that I know firsthand, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, but with God's grace, you know, um, there are people who are willing to sacrifice their lives uh, to make sure that their own societies are safe, yes. and that they have the the early warning for uh, various challenges up ahead. And that is the, the service of the intelligence community. Mm -hmm. uh, the intelligence community is not a policymaker. It comes to provide policymakers with truthful information because there is only one truth. Mm -hmm. okay? There are various narratives of the truth, but there is only one truth. Mm -hmm. And they come to provide policymakers with the most accurate de details that allow them to make the right decisions in what directions uh, to head fiscally resources obviously where to invest mm -hmm. what uh to engage from a political level but when we look at the big picture and i'm going soon back to uh brigadier general uh sal's assessment um when when you look at the big picture you know in today's reality there is so much information you know every person on his phone stores data that really there is so much redundancy in there. So uh, today's intelligence communities have to invest a lot more 
in trying to clean basically all the information throughout the web. Of course, it is combined with people in the field, seeing humans, uh, the various elements. And uh, looking at the whole picture allows them to basically deal uh, with uh, providing accurate assessments. Nevertheless, we live in an age of misinformation. Yeah, and uh, not just in an intelligence uh, world. Also for us as people, when we wake up in the morning, we see this bah, 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 million news updates, a million events, and it's hard to know what's real, what's not, what's being manipulated by, I don't know, countries, people with interests. And that's a challenge, I think. That's the challenge of today. Very few reports are not manipulated. Uh-huh. Very few. And, and this is something that people need to understand. Why do intelligence communities uh, manage to gain access to the right information? Because they corroborate everything. How do they corroborate? We won't go into... No, I'm like, let's say, how do, how do news reporters corroborate a, a report? So I personally use also mm-hmm. a lot of intelligence methodologies to corroborate the yes. reports. That's why I'm not going to go into all of the mm-hmm. details of what we do to make sure that we know what happens behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you make sure that you communicate with the people on the ground, you provide uh, clear understanding uh, from a cultural understanding of the area, mm-hmm. understanding the, the way people think, the way people act, um, and uh, going to communicating with those people, um, communicating with the officials on both sides. Okay? It's very important. Yeah, to get both, both sides Indeed. of the story. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to, you know, in Israel, there's, uh, a, there are a lot of flaws to Israeli media. Um, and of course, each well, every person country can has speak its own, to his yeah. own country. But one of the biggest flaws is that if you'll go into a military operation, you'll go into a military operation in Gaza, for instance, much of the information that will be drawn from that is based on what the military and the Israeli side provides. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, then there are all kind of reports on the Palestinian side trying to guide basically their own populations yes. to uh, to try and manipulate basically the masses. Not an easy job then to decide, you know, what to share with the viewers. No, uh, it's not. And and that's why, you know, it, it takes a lot of discernment, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge to be able to do the news. Uh, I see so many people... Um, going out and, and reporting all kind of things on multiple, um, you know, platforms, YouTube and Telegram and, and all kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 50% of what they report is misinformation, uh, you know, and, and yeah. uh, they mean well. The problem is that they don't have the experience or the understanding of how counterintelligence works, how misinformation works. Yeah. Um, they are convinced that they are familiar with those things, um, but they're just not, you know. So I, I won't go into who, what, why. Yeah. Um, my, my point is, unfortunately, um, we're living in a reality where truth is a casualty of conflict, you mm-hmm. know, and going all the way down uh, to, to the Bible, you know, even in the Bible, 
the misinterpretations of the Bible. Um, I'm sure that people who watched Editor's Note from the beginning uh, remember the story I spoke about uh, uh, Aaron and, and Moses, who came in front of Pharaoh, and uh, Aaron, uh, Moses took Aaron's staff and, or rod and, and threw it in front of Pharaoh, and the rod turned into a, you know, everybody remembers the, the uh, Michelangelo and, and all those different spectacular artists mm-hmm. drawing those snakes on the floor, you know, and, and the whole marvelous idea. But then, you know, uh, yes, there are, there are snakes that are able to eat other snakes. Um, king cobras, king snakes uh, of different sorts. Yeah. Um, but they'll be able to eat one. Two, digestion would continue for two, three weeks. doesn't make any logic. And yet that narrative was projected for so many years. And then you look in the Bible, and in Hebrew it says, Tanin, alligator, you know, and the alligator of the Nile. At that time, Pharaoh was regarded as the god of the alligator. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sobek, you know, people can go to the internet and write so back and, and start reading about it and understanding the implications of Moses throwing down an, a, a rod that turns into an alligator who stands in front of the so-called god of the alligators who tells his own uh, magicians and, and sorcerers to throw their own rods and here I'm able to do that. And then for the alligator that came out of the rod of, of Moses and Aaron to eat the other alligators, this is a message of power over the God of the alligator. Mm-hmm. You know, this is God coming and saying, my power is so much bigger than your power. Yeah, and you missed that, that whole story. You missed that the whole, whole story, there, you know. If you and, don't go to the source. And this is a story that everybody knows. Yeah. But nobody understands the essence of this story. And this is the same with the news today. Mm-hmm. When you look at the news today, you understand that there's so much misinformation, so much misrepresentation, not because the anchors and, and the reporters are not trying to do a good job. I, I highly doubt a person waking up in the morning and telling <clears throat> his life work to be based on a lie. It just doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. okay? Nevertheless, people are misinformed. Those reporters are misinformed. And then uh, you have other technicalities that, again, we won't go into Mm -hmm. uh, with the major channels where they have a two and a half minute within a live broadcast and then they need to shorten 30 minutes so they'll just cut the report. They'll cut the report uh, 30 seconds, which for two minutes and a half report, that's a lot of time. And that may alter the whole essence of that story. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you will look at something and you won't get the whole picture and then you'll lose a lot of focus. Of course, there are narrative-driven uh, companies that have clear guidelines of what to cut first. Um, but again, uh, I, I won't go into that uh, anymore. Okay. So going back to, to the, the assessment. assessment yes. right. So one of the things that um, he, he communicated about, uh, two points, actually, that I think that are very important. One, uh, the West Bank. Okay. When we're talking about the West Bank, we're talking about three districts, mm-hmm. Judea, Samaria, and the Jordan Valley. Of course, within those three districts, you have also um, 
regional brigades, they call them, mm -hmm. uh, that cover the areas of Ephraim and Menashe. And, uh, they got names of, of the biblical tribes, basically, even though territorially speaking, it's not there. Okay, just to clarify. Um, there is a clear growing disconnect mm -hmm. which has been going on for quite some time between the Palestinian leadership and the people on the ground. This disconnect, mm -hmm. predominantly in the West Bank, I'm leaving Gaza out of this right now, this disconnect is predominantly occurring or, or chiefly occurring because of deep-rooted corruption in the Fatah faction, which is the leader of the Palestinian Authority, basically, mm -hmm. the, the controlling yeah, faction. From which uh, Mahmoud Abbas is uh, Mahmoud coming. Abbas and Abu Amal, uh, the, the, uh, Yasser Arafat, uh, they call him all over the world. You know, he um, started this faction uh, as part, uh, an offshoot, basically, of the uh, Palestine Liberation Organization, uh, formerly regarded as internationally recognized terror organizations. But, of course... Um, Israel, under significant American pressure, was willing to accept them as the representative of the Palestinian people um, back in the, the latter part of the 80s. Mm -hmm. When we look at the big picture, we understand that there is a clear problem in the West Bank territories. Mm -hmm. This clear problem is predominantly in the northern Samaria area, where um, the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, has lost significant um, grip on the population there. And when you look at Janine and Nablus, the, the two towns that we communicate about uh, mostly, uh, these two towns, uh, ha you see children, you know, in, in 15 to 25, 30, 35, um, the majority of whom are just frustrated. They did not go through uh, the second intifada. They do not know what uh, defensive shield is, uh, the Khomat Magen, mm -hmm. um, which was an operation in which basically the Palestinians sought to challenge uh, Israel, uh, Israeli power. And there were ongoing clashes in, in that scenario. Um, I remember it well, seeing, you know, from afar, uh, a lot of it occur. But when you look at the big picture, those teens that wake up at five in the morning, four in the morning, to go to highways in the area of Janine and Nablus, to throw stones at armored vehicles, which means nothing. nothing. Yeah. It just the, indicates the, the frustration of those children. You know, um, if you take those young adults, young men in their 20s, terrorists, yes, they pick up weapons and they fire at, um, at uh, civilian populations. Of course, they also direct their um, anger towards uh, the military. Uh, when I look at the way they handle the weapons, the way they, they operate, and I really paid attention to their, their activities, um, they are just running into their own death. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I still was in the field, I would stand in front of them any day of the week and 
I'm confident enough to say that I would walk out of those engagements alive every time. And that's why we see yes. that the only times, twice, the only times where um, soldiers were killed in operational activity was because of our own mistakes. Yes, yes, it's always. You know, mm-hmm. um, and not because of their capability. So we look at the big picture and we understand that Israel has a real problem here. The Palestinian Authority has a real problem here. But the Palestinian Authority is not able to sell those youngsters a vision. Of a future. Of a future. Uh-huh. Of uh, some sort of dream. And you think Israel can? Um, you know, one of the things that in this assessment, mm-hmm. uh, General Salma noted, was that national aspirations are not bought with money. Mm-hmm. Prosperity to peace, what the Trump administration tried to implement in the region, um, it's not a viable reality for the Middle East. They'll take your money, yeah. but they'll still have their national aspirations. You know, and, and that is something that we need to understand. Um, the complexities of the cultural understanding in the West Bank, in the Middle East at large, are very problematic um, mm-hmm. and, and very lacking for that matter. It's not a business transaction. It is a spiritual transaction. It is a um, perception that Israel, from their perspective, mm-hmm. is an offshoot of the United States of Europe, sent here as colonizers, and it's the last colony in the Middle East. They don't look at Israel and the Jewish people as those who return to their ancestral homeland. That's also what they're being taught, right? This is the whole education, indeed. So when you look at it this way, uh, Israel will always be perceived as outcasts. By the way, this the hatred towards Israel is as robust in northern Africa, Morocco, even though we have good relations with them, mm-hmm. Morocco, Algeria, Tunis, all those countries, they despise Israel, okay? The Muslim Brotherhood is very active in those regions. I see. And we need to understand that. Now, we don't have very much time left, of course, about roughly four and a half minutes, but still briefly about Iran. Iran is increasingly seeing Israel as uh, a credible military threat that is a medium-term military threat. Mm -hmm. Right now, Iran is closely monitoring Israel. It is closely um, considering Israeli application in the region. Mm -hmm. Uh, To the degree that even in in instances that there is, for instance, uh, surface-to-air missiles, you know, of um, uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran in Syria or Lebanon, Israel will not bomb it so they won't be able to learn about our capabilities Ah, against the system. And and then become better at hiding it or defending it. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Iranians are really developing sophisticated weaponry. To, to narrow the, the qualitative military edge gap with Israel. Really? Yes. But are they able to catch up? Because Israel is always also... Israel know, is working very up hard. Up there to work on it, this. Of course. But, you know, 
again, uh, the Iranians are not as advanced as as we are, uh-huh. but they're, uh, Iran is not Hamas, it's not Hezbollah, it is not those proxies of it. Um, it is a well-organized organization of military, of the RGC, of intelligence agencies, of uh, methodologies, of doctrines. It is very clear in what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's working within the scheme of its own strategy to export the revolution. Everything that it does has a reason for it. And as such, Israel is closely monitoring its developments, mm-hmm. war with Iran, um, and this is also something General Salman noted. It's not about um, if, it's about when and where. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we need to be very observant of the situation. We need to understand the complexities of the situation. Of course, uh, we can communicate a lot more about the, the troubles of Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has a 7,000 kilometer border on its uh, western front. There is not one centimeter on the other side where it has a friendly neighbor. Everywhere it looks, it sees enemies, it sees rivals. You know, from Iraq, the government trying to push away Hashtashabi, the popular front, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, it looks to Bahrain, it looks to Mm -hmm. uh, the UAE, it looks to uh, Turkey. Turkey is its main rival, which is now looking Mm -hmm. uh, to bolster its relations with Israel at Iranian expense. You know, this indicates a certain shift on the Western front of Iran. Also on the Eastern Front, we see Afghanistan. Suddenly the Taliban is once again there, um, looking to, uh, you know, resist, actively resist any Shiite remnants in the area. Um, They are Sunni Muslims. Al-Qaeda is once again flourishing Mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. People are not speaking about it. But the fact of the matter is, uh, Wilayat Khurasan, which everybody were speaking of, the, the... uh, Islamic State uh, in the Khurasan district of Afghanistan. Yeah, they have once again made pacts with Al Qaeda. Those are the same people. Same people as like the know? Islamic State. Of course, <laughs> you know Al Qaeda and the Islamic State. Who is Abu Bakr al Baghdadi? One of the deputies of Bin Laden. Uh-huh. You know who later got out of prison in, in Iraq and started his caliphate. Everything is connected. We need to understand that there is a gap, mm-hmm. a clear gap between what people um, see and, and what is actually occurring right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying to cover everything as much as we can to provide an insight mm-hmm. of the variables. But, um, of course, uh, we will continue to do that. <laughs> Definitely. It is a challenge. It is a challenge mm-hmm. because more and more things are happening and the, the explosivity of... Current realities is here to stay. But, yeah. But God is in control. Amen. Well, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Please pray for us, pray for discernment, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the salvation of Israel. We'll see you again next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.